the voter fraud across multiple states. President Trump points to Joe Biden's unprecedented and astonishing election performance. When America's Jen Pellegrino has that report. President Trump called it a must read, arguing that it's, quote, impossible for Biden to overcome these and even greater odds. This in reference to a Federalist article entitled Five More Ways Joe Biden Magically Outperformed Election Norms. In the election that elicited new chants from Trump supporters, at least 74 million of them, to hold the line and stop the steal, it's impossible to ignore the facts or forget the warnings that preceded the outcome. Author J.B. Shirk outlines for the Federalist the peculiar election performance of the former vice president. First, unprecedented voter turnout. In no prior election has an incumbent president gained votes, over 10 million more of them this time for President Trump, and lost the election. Yet it appears 80 million Americans opted for a man who spent 47 years in office and told black Americans that they weren't black if they didn't vote for him. In fact, those 80 million votes shatter Barack Obama's record for most votes ever cast for a presidential candidate by 16 million. Second, the mainstream media says Joe Biden is now the president-elect. Operating under that assumption, it's a win despite losing the states and counties that typically predict the outcome of the election. This is the first time in 60 years that a candidate has lost the states of Florida and Ohio on the way to winning the White House. Third, Biden's performance compared to Hillary Clinton's in 2016. An analysis of election data reveals another curious outcome. Biden underperformed Hillary Clinton in every major metro area in the country, with the exceptions of Milwaukee, Detroit, Atlanta, and Philadelphia. In some cities, the number of votes exceeded the number of registered voters. Fourth, Biden won despite Democratic losses everywhere else. 27 House seats ranked by the New York Times and Cook Political Report as toss-ups going into Election Day all appear to be won by Republicans. Biden miraculously beat the incumbent president who lifted numerous Republicans to victory. And finally, the primary vote. No incumbent president who has received 75% of the total primary vote has lost re-election. President Trump received a whopping 94% of the primary vote. And in 2020, President Trump made records in the primaries when more than 18 million Americans turned out to cast their ballot for four more years. Jen Pellegrino, One America News, the White House. Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. The saga continues with the election. We are getting closer and closer to December 14th, where we need to see some real action happen um, to avoid the election being stolen and the world's biggest idiot becoming president-elect. They are working very hard on stealing this one, that is for sure. I was reading something that Kyle Becker wrote, and it's a pretty interesting read. He's got a lot of pretty good statistics here. He's an independent journalist um, that I follow, and uh, I'd like to read it to you because he definitely did some homework with the information that he's dug up, and uh, he's got some really interesting statistics that are undeniable when it comes to the suggestion that you know cheating has been going on. Um, so I'm going to read it to you real fast. President Trump received more votes than any previous incumbent seeking re-election. He got 11 million more votes than in 2016, the third largest rise in support ever for an incumbent president. Trump's vote increased so much because, according to exit polls, he performed far better with many key demographic groups. 95% of Republicans voted for him. 
He earned the highest share of all minority votes for a Republican since 1960. Trump grew his support among black voters by 50% over the 2016 election. Joe Biden's black support fell well below 90%, the level below which Democrat presidential candidates usually lose. Trump increased his share of the national Hispanic vote to 35%. With 60% or less of the national Hispanic vote, it is mathematically impossible for a Democrat presidential candidate to win Florida, Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico. Uh, Bellwether states swung further in Trump's direction than in 2016. Each defied America's media polls with huge wins for Trump. Since 1852, only Richard Nixon has lost the Electoral College after winning this trio. Midwestern states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin always swing in the same direction as Ohio and Iowa, their regional peers. Ohio likewise swings with Florida. Current tallies show that outside of a few cities, the Rust Belt swung in Trump's direction. Yet Biden's lead in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin because of an apparent avalanche of black votes in Detroit, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. Biden's winning margin was delivered almost entirely from such voters in these cities. As coincidental, his black vote spiked only in exactly the locations necessary to secure victory. He did not receive comparable levels of support among comparable demographic groups in comparable states, which is hugely unusual for presidential victor. We are told that Biden won more votes nationally than any presidential candidate in history, but he won a record low of 17% of the counties. He only won 524 counties as opposed to the 873 counties Obama won in 2008. Yet Biden somehow outbid Obama in total votes. Victorious presidential candidates, especially challengers, usually have down-ballot coattails. Biden did not. The Republicans held the Senate and enjoyed a red wave in the House where they gained a large number of seats while winning all 27 toss-up contests. Trump's party did not lose a single state legislature and actually made gains at the state level. Another abnormality is found in the comparison between the polls and the non-polling metrics. The latter include party registration trends, candidates, respective primary votes, candidate enthusiasm, social media followings, broadcast and digital media ratings, and online searches. Adding to the mystery is a cascade of information about bizarre manners in which so many ballots were accumulated and counted. He ended up attaching an article at the end of it. In the article, it's saying how a lot of ballots were turned in without any creases. They're like brand new, so you could tell they haven't been mailed out. And it went into further detail about the delivery of batches and percentages of batches. Um, Joe Biden, it was always the same margin between him and Trump as these batches were coming in, where it was a 50 to 49.5 split um, in Georgia. And then in uh, Pennsylvania, they had it where uh, when these, these late night ballots were being dumped, that Biden was getting 90% and Trump was only getting 10% no matter how many dumps there were. So if there was a 200,000 dump, Trump's getting 20,000, Biden's getting 180,000, which is why you saw that 700,000 lead close up so quickly. I mean, you got to be an idiot not to see what's really going on or you just don't care. There's definitely an attempt being made to steal this election. 
They do not want President Trump to run another four years. They definitely want him out of their way so that they can impose their socialist policies on America. Uh, Even today, Chuck Schumer was saying that uh, all of Biden's picks need to be confirmed immediately. Well, that would be all well and good if he was actually presidential elect and you had the Senate and got the right votes to see if they're going to allow you to pick some of these radicals and put them in place. Uh, But unfortunately, as of right now, Joe Biden is just a former vice president and citizen and uh, idiot. That wouldn't make any sense. What makes sense to me is I think they're a little scared. I think they're trying to rush it through because I think they're worried. Trump does have a lot of legal challenges out there. I think ultimately this ends in the Supreme Court and they're worried about it. And to prove they're worried about it, the biggest propaganda news site is CNN. And even CNN had one of their reporters come out and explain that it's not over yet. There is still a possibility that Trump can win, and he breaks it down. I want you to hear that from them as well, because this is one of the very few times that you will ever catch CNN telling the truth. So here's this one. That are legal and constitutional that could enable Trump to stay in office without actually winning the vote. The system of electing the president is complicated because it was not designed to be directly democratic. The Constitution calls for states to choose the presidential electors who in turn gather to vote for the president. Over time, states have passed laws that ensured their state's popular vote for the presidency would determine the electors. But those are laws, not a constitutional obligation. Now, imagine the scenario during election week. Trump is leading on November 3rd, but Joe Biden pulls ahead in the days following. Republicans file objections to tens of thousands of mail-in ballots. Democrats file countersuits, taking account of the confusion. Legislators decide to choose the electors themselves. Here's the worry. Of the nine swing states, eight have Republican legislatures. If one or more decide that balloting is chaotic and marred by irregularities, they could send what they regard as the legitimate slate of electors, which would be Republican. Democrats may object and file lawsuits. In some of those states, Democratic governors or secretaries of state could send their own slates of electors to Washington. That would add to the confusion, but that might well be part of the Republican plan. Because you see, when Congress convenes on January 6th, to tally the electors' votes, there would be challenges to the legitimacy of some electors. It's possible congressional Republicans could decide that disputed states should simply not be counted. Suppose in this scenario, Michigan's votes are invalidated. That would ensure that neither candidate would get to 270 electoral votes. At that point, the Constitution clearly directs that the House of Representatives vote to determine the presidential election but it does so with each state casting a single ballot. If the current numbers hold, there would be 26 state delegations that are Republican and 23 Democratic with one tied. So the outcome would be to re-elect Donald Trump. Trump doesn't need to do anything other than to simply accept this outcome, which is constitutional. Now, he did go through a couple of what-if scenarios there, but everything he said is actually true. If these states are contested and if Trump goes to the Supreme Court and can provably show that, let's say, Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin, the votes are so messed up, you can't possibly tell me who the actual winner is. It is realistic that they can throw those out. 
if they throw those three states out, nobody's at 270. And at which point, like he said, it goes back down to the House. And I know a lot of people would start freaking out because you would think if you actually read what happens in a contested election that, oh my God, each member of the House gets to vote and we're dead in the water. It doesn't work that way. Each state gets a vote. So it depends on how many red states versus how many blue states and how many non-rhino red governors would make sure that their state went red for Trump. Because I got to tell you, since all this has unfolded and everything that's going on with Trump and all the turmoil with the election, you're really starting to see the true colors of a lot of these Republicans. They were never his friends. They were never on his side. They just part of the swamp, like we always complain about. Keep them in the back of your mind when it's their turn to get voted out and put some new blood in there, some new conservative blood in there, because these guys are bad news. They have no loyalty. They're not even loyal to America. Because if you're loyal to America, staring down the barrel of socialism, you would fight no matter what, tooth and nail, to make sure that President Trump got reelected to preserve the United States. Another direction that could possibly go is... um, All courts use prior cases as precedents for, I guess, how things go. The Supreme Court ruled on a landmark case in the United States versus Thurrock Morton uh, back in 1878 that fraud vitiates everything. In the case, by categorically asserting that fraud vitiates everything, the Supreme Court affirms that Perpetrating fraud undermines the entire endeavor, the whole contract, the complete judgment and the final result, or the election outcome, etc. Once the fraud is proven, the enterprise in its entirety, such as the President of the United States candidacy, has been irreparably tainted and the result is invalidated. In other words... In other words, if only Michigan votes were stolen by Team Biden, the victory would still have to be nullified since fraud vitiates everything. Vitiates in this legal context means negates, quashes, annuls, invalidates, revokes, and arbogates. President Trump, therefore, will be the victor of the 2020 presidential election by default, by law, and according to the U.S. Constitution. You can find that at stateofthenation.com and read that for yourself. So I think at this time, I myself am trying to stay positive and stay hopeful. I feel like he does have some avenues to pursue, especially when you watch these hearings that are going on and hear all the different poll watchers, poll workers, and people that donated their time talk about all the different things that they've seen as far as ballots are being handled or dumped thrown away, how they were being treated at the polls, not able to watch anything. I'm still feeling pretty positive that once presented to the Supreme Court, there is a good chance that either A, they toss out the states that are having these massive problems, which drops us back under 270, and then we can get it down to the House and get President Trump in, or B, there is enough fraud to prove that they tried to steal this in election, and by default, you're out like anything else in life. You cheated, you're done. I would personally like to see B myself just because, you know, it would be over at that moment. We wouldn't have to go back and have these states go out and and vote all over again. And then you're under the stress of seeing what they're going to do. So it would be nicer for the Supreme Court to toss them out. We have a pretty strong conservative Supreme Court right now, and I know that they're not supposed to be politically leaning one way or the other, but 
you would just assume as human beings, as conservatives, if they are imagining or thinking that the country is going to go socialist under Joe Biden and there is provable evidence by law, not just them deciding, hey, we're just going to hook up Team Trump. If there's actual provable evidence, which it seems like there is, but uh, if there is, that they would just say, no, sorry, Mr. Biden, nice try. You guys uh, did your worst and uh, have a nice life, however short that may be for you. Unfortunately, this is all a waiting game, but something definitely has to happen before December 14th. So we are on a two-week countdown at the moment. Uh, We have a little less than two weeks. They got to get a lot done in the next two weeks. We got to get to the Supreme Court, put it in their hands, and hopefully all will go well from that point for us. Uh, Another topic is Georgia. Man, if you're in Georgia and you're listening, you guys got to You got to wake up, man. You got to get hip. I don't care if you like those Republicans there or not. We have to maintain the Senate. That is the last line of defense in case President Trump's deal fails. You guys are the ones holding down the fort. You have to elect these people regardless of how you feel about them. I know that both senators going in there were not the biggest Trump cheerleaders. So I know that uh, people of Georgia are not real happy with them right now. But your alternative are two progressive candidates that are uh, wolves in sheep clothing that are trying to come off that they're moderates. And they are not. They're extremely progressive. And they would be more than happy to transform America into a socialist nightmare. So let's be smart about this, Georgia. Wake up, people. Get out there. Advocate for the Senate so we, the Republicans, maintain the Senate so we can still have our freedom. Because you hear Chuck Schumer, you hear Joe Biden, you hear Kamala Harris, you hear all the picks that Joe Biden's going after, all these progressive candidates. This is not going to be good. This does not end well. America will never be the same again. Uh, They're going to take us down a real dark path that if we are able to climb back out of it, it will take decades. So when you're standing there thinking about who you're going to vote or you're just not going to vote because you don't really care one way or the other or you're not happy with that candidate, look around at the children. Look around at the elderly. Look around at the people that are struggling as is. It's not going to get any better. You have to do. This is your duty to get out there and we must keep the Senate. That truly is our last line of defense. So no matter what, please get out and vote. Pay attention. Also, write your congressman there. You know, go to the governor's house. Get on to him. Everything. Because Georgia is a hot mess. They got a lot of messed up things going on in Georgia right now. They have all kinds of lawsuits. At first, a judge ordered to wipe the Dominion system clean. Then he said, no, don't do it. Then he said, yeah, do it again. And then they put a stay on it. They don't know what they're doing. Okay. You got a hot mess in the top end of your state right there, which is unfortunate because Georgia, I'm not gonna lie. I always thought about buying a nice piece of property and retiring up there, but seeing all the tomfoolery going on right now, uh, you know, that changes a whole lot. I don't want to be in a state that's going to turn into another New York or a California or Oregon where you got such crooked people up top, the state just runs itself into the ground and then there's, you know, it's a, it's a mess. Who, who wants to live like that? You know, we all, one thing I think all conservatives share in common is we all want peace and happiness. We like doing our barbecues and we like going to family functions and we like going on vacations and we just want to be left alone and be peaceful, go to church, love our God, love our family. And we're good. We're happy. You know, every day you get home, you have a nice meal on the, on, on the uh, table. 
we're good to go, man. We're simple people. We're not as complex as they like to make us out to be. We certainly aren't the devils that the left makes us out to be. The left tries to put on us exactly what they are. Everything that they say we are is what they are. They're supposed to be the party of understanding and love and everything else, but yet their party's calling for re-education camps for conservatives. They're calling for attacks on us. They're saying, you got to remember who was an advocate for Trump. So ultimately what, what are they going to do? We're going to pay some type of price in the end, but we're supposed to be conservatives. We're the violent ones. We're the nasty ones. We didn't call for none of that when Obama was uh, in office and Obama was systematically destroying America. Obama's just the worst president because he's progressive and hates America. You know, Obama only loves himself and his pocketbook. He went into the white house worth what about 3 million uh, bucks. And he left the white house around 50 million. Trump went in at 3 billion and he's down to 2 billion. Who loves America more? Who the heck is willing to give up a billion dollars to save a country? Only somebody that truly loves America, that loves the United States, that knows it's time for him to step up and help out because we are in dire need of a leader like that. That about wraps this one up for me. I know I did a little ranting and raving there at the end. Hope you like what you hear. And if you do, uh, please tell some people about me. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I am at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. Gmail, L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N at gmail.com. And I am on parlor at Joe Little. God bless. Have a good night.